You are listening to Affirm, the podcast for women of color who affirm their worth, value mental health, and seek wholeness. I'm your host, Davia Roberts, and today's affirmation is, I will not wait for someone to save me. I have the power to begin my healing journey today. You are listening to episode 37, Healers for Hire. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Affirm. Again, my name is Davia Roberts and I am your host. Y'all, I am so excited to be hosting season three of the Affirm podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your patience, your comments. I appreciate all of it. And I'm excited to say that in 2019, there are going to be some significant changes that you will notice about the podcast. Um, One of the most important ones that I wanted to highlight today is the fact that we are going deeper in season three. So in the past few years, Redefine Enough has been known for self-care, self-love, mental health and wellness, and all of that has been phenomenal and it's definitely what, you know, drew you to the podcast, right? However, a lot of that stuff has just been laying the foundational information for us to go deeper. It's been giving you the basics about mental health and giving you the basics about self-care, but that's not where I want us to stay. So this year, I really want us to get into some nuanced conversations, and some of those conversations are controversial. Some of those conversations are going to make you feel uncomfortable, but the beauty of it is I'm not trying to get you to change your mind on any of your um, feelings or your values. However, I want us to be able to have conversation that is nuanced, that allows us to have compassion for one another wherever we may fall on the spectrum of these different life situations. So I encourage you to stick around, engage with the podcast, tweet us if you love a topic or you have a topic that's coming up to mind, and follow us at Redefine Enough on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you are not signed up for our email list, then I highly encourage you to go to Redefine Enough redefineenough.com in order to stay tuned and linked in with new information that's coming out. And there will be some opportunities to join the podcast and have your voice on the podcast. So stay on the lookout for that. But obviously that is not why I have you here today. We are talking about toxic healer culture. And this is a very (laughs) interesting conversation. And I've reached out to multiple people in the wellness sphere and asked them the question, when you see healer in someone's bio, what comes to mind? And a lot of different things came up when um, I asked that question to multiple people. But the common theme was fraud, sage and crystals, Instagram, social media ploy. A lot of the people that were responding, guess what? They use sage, they use crystals. So they didn't mean it in a disrespectful way. However, the common concern was, is this person just saying this as a marketing ploy with no real regard through with no real regard to the actual healing modality, um, whatever modality that may be. There was some suspicion to that. So we're going to be talking about toxic healer culture today. And all I ask is that you buckle up because it's going to be a fun conversation. Okay. (laughs) 
So in the age of wellness and personal development, a lot of us are seeking information to grow and heal from emotional and physical pain, right? You're looking for someone to show you the way to transform and change your life. And as the demand for that grows, the number of self-proclaimed healers seems to skyrocket. So the well-intentioned and the flat-out scammers all look alike on your Instagram and Twitter feeds. And with so many hashtag healers, it's hard to know like who's really in it for the right reasons. So today, I want to discuss how the idea of being someone's healer can be problematic, but also kind of cover the range of everything from an unaddressed savior complex to deliberately exploiting people's vulnerability to also recognizing the need for us to take responsibility in our own healing process. And I hope you're ready for that part of it too. So this isn't a call out episode, but more of a call in for all of us. Because when it comes to Black, Indigenous, people of color, we have a very long history of healing traditions and special honors, you know, kind of given to the people that are designated as healers in our communities. And obviously, healing looks different in different communities, and we have different titles, everything from a curandera, um, a shaman, a diviner, a medicine woman, an herbalist. All of that looks very different, and those roles can take shape in different ways. But obviously, in 2019, we're starting to see a resurfacing of these titles and these practices being heavily publicized, and not just by individual people, so not just influencers. Um, Obviously, you've probably seen like Sephora also even marketing um, sage and crystals and a quote-unquote like witch starter kit. So certain things are being marketed left and right that are rooted in different cultural practices. And so we have to be very mindful of what we're consuming. But before we even go on to all of that, I think it's really important for us to recognize that in nearly all of these cultures, um, those who are called to healing as a purpose in their life are typically paired with community leaders and established healers and act as their students. And it may be months or maybe years before they move up to an assistant and then take on the honor of becoming like or moving into the fullness of the role as a healer. So a lot of these um, processes are secretive and done in secret to protect the knowledge that's being shared and to make it a sacred process because it's such a great honor to be considered a community healer. Now, the thing about that is this secrecy flies in direct opposition to the current Western trend that we see on social media where these healers, these self-proclaimed healers, are openly sharing about these practices with little regard to the actual history and tradition that they're rooted in. And what does this tell me? It tells me that the history of healing is very much a sacred practice that is intentional about storytelling and education Um, And for lack of a better word, like mentoring, you know, the next generation of healers. And yet, because wellness is now a profitable arena, these sacred traditions are being exploited for profit. People are, quote unquote, borrowing cultural traditions and practices to align 
with the aesthetic of a healer, but you're not really a healer, but that's none of my business. We're going to carry on. We'll come to our conclusions on our own. <laughs> and so this so-called borrowing of practices that does not stem from your own culture can easily, you know, you can easily go into cultural appropriation if you're haphazardly using these practices without studying, you know, their roots or paying homage to their origins. And I think it's very easy for us as women of color to point the finger at women like the Kardashians, you know, who have a very long sorted history of cultural appropriation. But I encourage us to do some self-reflection and say, what happens when people of color strip away the meaning of a certain practice or a symbol only to repackage it and market it, market it to the masses for profit? What do we say then? Do we just let it slide because that's our fave, they can do no wrong, um, and they didn't mean it like that? Or we get into this place of where they're Black or Latinx or they're Asian, and so that we shouldn't take it like that. They're not white, so that doesn't count. I'm sorry, I don't I don't believe that. I believe that as people of color, as women of color, that we can still do harm, whether consciously un- or unconsciously, by engaging in practices that we do not fully understand. Whether we mean to be disrespectful or not, if we are not truly understanding the meaning and the significance of these practices, we should not be engaging in them. And for some of these practices, if you are not a part of that cultural group, you were never meant to know about them. So it's like, how much of a slap in the face is that? So I I encourage us as supporters to really call one another in, to bring awareness to acts that can be harmful or misleading, whether they're well-intentioned or not, because we can honestly, we can get into this place of, well, everyone's doing it. Why are you picking on me? But we have the opportunity to learn grow and do better. And when we call one another in, it creates space for us to actually have a dialogue about how we can collectively navigate the healing process. And let's be for real, like we can use as much dialogue as we can. Now, my thing is it doesn't begin and end with dialogue. Dialogue is a space for hearing one another out. It's a space for education and awareness, but then we obviously need to move into action. Action is the only way that things change. Action is the only way that we stop doing harm and we become more educated and figure out ways to be respectful of one another and love on one another and be a part of the healing process in a healthy way. However, if our instinct is to protect our faves from quote-unquote haters, enjoying the conversation? Well, it doesn't have to end with this episode. Become a patron of Redefine Enough and get access to full transcripts, journals, reflection guides, and a new series called Affirm Afterthoughts, where we keep the conversation going outside of the podcast. Learn more by going to patreon.com forward slash redefine enough. As a patron, your financial support allows me the opportunity to create space for women of color to heal and share our stories. It takes a significant weight off my shoulders to be able to focus on the real work instead of worrying about bills. So if you support what I'm creating and want to go deeper into the content, head over to patreon.com forward slash redefine enough and become a patron. If you're not ready to become a patron, that's absolutely okay. You can show your support by sharing episodes with a friend or taking the time to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Every ounce of support is appreciated. But for now, let's get you back to the conversation. However, 
if our instinct is to protect our faves from quote-unquote haters, um, I think our blind loyalty can be the reason that some influencers or healers essentially develop a sense of hubris, where they're godlike and are untouchable because they begin to believe their own hype. You know, enough people have told them that they can do no wrong, so they begin to believe it too. And sadly, this can seep into other forms of arrogance and carelessness and, in my opinion, a savior complex. And a savior complex is essentially when you believe that you alone are responsible for changing someone's life or saving them. And the issue with the savior complex is when you believe that you are responsible for saving one, saving someone, you strip them of all of their power, of all their autonomy. Let me say that again. When you believe that you are someone's savior, you strip away their power and their ability to be a part of their own healing process. And that is so unfair. Me taking away your power does not make me more powerful. I gain so much more joy when you can recognize your own power and you can release this feeling of helplessness. I gain nothing by you being helpless. So obviously this savior complex is not exclusive to this whole idea of like cultural roles. And so when I say that, it's not just the cultural, like the witch culture or indigenous culture. And obviously there are so many nuances within an ethnic group, right? But um, it's not just exclusive to that. It's exclusive to professional roles as well. So that could be a doctor, that could be a therapist, that could be um, a social worker, a chiropractor. That's what I mean by quote unquote professional. It's not denigrating any other role. But um, in American standards, I just want to make sure that we recognize that this savior complex is exclusive. It applies to the entire wellness arena. So all of us need to be aware of how boasting and healing and, tra- and transformation as a marketing ploy is unsafe and it's dangerous. And I have a problem with that because it preys on vulnerable people who are entrusting their lives to, to someone else. And as a result, there are folks who are hurting and they're being swindled out of hundreds and thousands of dollars by people and brands they trusted to help them. And I've seen it countless times. Like if you've been on the internet long enough, you'll, you'll find plenty of stories. I mean, there was a viral story last year about a retreat that targeted women of color. And in short, an attendee wrote a post sharing her experience of how there were lies about workshop offerings, like things that just never happened, that there was bullying, poor accommodations, like threats for people to leave if they had any complaints or issues that they could just get out. Mind you, this was in a different country and people had flown out to be there. So no, they couldn't just catch a cab and go home. But the the woman, the original author's post went viral. And in the comment section, there are like over 100 comments. There are several past attendings confirming um, her experience and sharing similar stories. And the really sad thing to me about this is that of all the women in the world, women of color were the ones being mistreated. Mistreated when they were seeking reprieve from racism and sexism, seeking safety, seeking comfort and seeking healing, and were trusting um, this organization because you're women of color too. So you, you wouldn't possibly hurt me. But the reality is all skin folk ain't kin folk. And so instead of healing, women were being further traumatized, only reinforcing this idea that I can't, there's no space safe for me. 
Like I can't, I can't be safe anywhere. And regardless of who the leader is, because while there are some wellness influencers who have good intentions, there are some professionals who have good intentions, the lack of education or preparation or even just compassion can trigger trauma for people. For instance, I've known of situations where an influencer may offer like life coaching or something like that. And because, you know, this is a new process for them, they're learning along the way, they may ghost on a client and they're not available for weeks because they have their own stuff come up. And guess what? We all have stuff, but there are ways to handle this in a more caring and compassionate way. But now because you ghosted, you've triggered this person's abandonment issues and they're left with more hurt than when they started. And, you know, the the person may return and apologize later, but the damage has already been done. And unfortunately, the only one that's left to deal with it, essentially, is the one who paid for a service, who already had hurt when it started, and now their hurt has just been compounded. And I think this is frequently happening in the yoga, therapy, and wellness sphere, where people aren't being held accountable for the sacredness of this helping role, this healing role, and how you provide Um, a safe space for someone. Now, unconscious harm does not stem from a malicious heart. However, the impact can still be equally devastating as if someone did it on purpose. Impact will always outweigh your intention because you may have good intentions, but if the impact is negative, we still have to address the negative impact. That doesn't erase the hurt. That doesn't erase the pain that comes from it. That's why it's important for us as consumers, for lack of a better word, to to do our due diligence to understand someone's scope of work and experience before ever sharing these intimate parts of our lives. And I'll be honest, like when you're going through it, it feels exhausting to have to wait any longer for help. Like you just want, you know, to get to the other side. But in some cases, if you have the space to do so, spend some extra time researching and verifying if someone is right for you. Speak with previous clients, ask about their studying and apprenticeships, ask for specific details, because the worst thing to happen is that you end up spending Not only money, but your time and vulnerability with someone who, quote unquote, calls himself a healer and all they did was watch YouTube videos. Like, that's not who I want you you to be, you know, giving yourself over to. That was a shady comment, but I mean it. And that that is what it is. Like, I don't want you to. I don't want you to make this big investment in vulnerability, opening your heart to someone that haphazardly stepped into a a healing role because it's a popular trend at the moment. I'm not down for that. I do take this very seriously and I I can't get on board with that. So I'm very, very intentional um, about creating Creating space for people to be informed, to not make decisions haphazardly just out of ignorance. And I don't mean ignorance in an offensive way. Like you just don't know. Therefore, you don't have the um, awareness to make better decisions for yourself. And there are people capitalizing off of our ignorance and saying, well, they don't know the better. So they're going to take this and I'm going to take their money and I'm going to just, you know, smoke, you know, like blow smoke up their behind and make them feel like I'm, I'm the best thing in their life. When they haven't changed anything, they haven't been a resource of information or a spiritual support. And I have a huge issue with it. Sharing the same skin color, language, or even cultural background is not enough for your healing journey. 
Let me say that again. Sharing the same skin color, language, or cultural background is not enough for your healing journey. Our healing is guided not by shared experience, but someone's ability to wisely guide us through emotional work. And more importantly, it's critical that we realize that no one person is responsible for our healing. Healing is a collaborative experience. We have to be willing to do the work and that work may look different, whether it's committing to prayer, therapy, journaling, meditation, or medication. It involves effort on both parties. If we're expecting one healer to come into our lives and save us, we're likely to end up disappointed because at the end of the day, no one is perfect and people will constantly fail us intentionally and unintentionally. But once we realize that we have power in the process, that's when things begin to shake loose and change in our lives. Because even as a therapist, I've had multiple clients say to me, you changed my life. But the reality is I'm going to look at you and say, I ain't do nothing. Why? Because I didn't. You did all the work. You did all the heavy lifting. Yes, I was a resource. You know, I can provide certain information about coping skills. We can, un, you know, address unhealthy patterns and game plan how to change it all. But if you don't do the work, nothing will change until you're ready. Ready to accept a new truth. Ready to make changes in your life. All of that depends on you. And so I think of it this way. This is the way that I normally would tell it to clients. When you work with a personal trainer, they provide you with a wealth of information about foods, exercises, and techniques to avoid injury. They will go into the gym with you. They will stand literally by your side. But you have to do the work. You have to do the squats. They don't take on the squats for you. They don't take on the weight for you. You have to do the work. So as a healer, it is our job to be in there with you to stand by your side, to let you know if we we see something that could possibly cause harm. And sometimes we're going to let you cause a little harm. We're going to be like, okay, so you felt that? So you noticed it was going off track? Now now you know to fix it in the future? See? See? You learn from your own experience. There are going to be times for that. But once again, in order to see progress, you have to do the work. Working with a healer is not going to fix your life. You are. When we seek someone to be our healer, we suppress our own ability to do healing work within ourselves. Others may act as a guide and be a healing vessel, but we have more power than we recognize. And as a wise healer, they will constantly remind you of your own power to heal yourself. And I share all of this because as someone within the wellness space, I think it's my responsibility to be protective, not only of a space, but protective of people who are seeking restoration. As women of color, we deserve so much more when it comes to our healing, not only from personal traumas, whether it's sexual trauma, whatever, but I'm like, we're constantly dealing with so many harmful messages, so much oppression on all sides, and we deserve space to heal and to, to do it safely without suspicion that someone may harm us when we're vulnerable. And if I see that there are people and spaces that do not align with that, it is my responsibility to provide space for education so that right now, and you listening to this episode, you can begin to see some red flags or even at least ask the right questions that allow you to feel more safe and secure when you allow a healer to enter into your space. Being able to say, I can point out a fraud. 
I can recognize the real, allowing yourself to commit to the journey the way that you need to in a sacred way. Now that's all for today's episode. But remember, these conversations are just a starting point and hopefully it's given you more than enough to think about and reflect on in your personal time. But don't let the conversation end here. Keep it going within your own personal circles. But as always, take care of yourselves and you will hear from me in two weeks. Peace and light.